0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. For all all NBA warriors, you are now tuned
1: into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. Like, At what point is there going to be accountability? And and this brings me to my last point about Klay Thompson. So again, I just want to make it clear for the record, and I, Justin, can confirm to you guys that like I've never ever suggested that Clay Thompson should come off the bench, not on this podcast ever. I don't think he should. Um, but I personally find Clay's inflexibility in his attitude about things to be problematic, and I understand like someone being like what I'm not coming off the bench and all that kind of stuff I get that I get that players have egos I truly do but um it ultimately to me will will at some point be a problem like there's no one he should come off the bench for right now I agree with that but there are times he doesn't have it going there to me you can also test things right like Jordan made, I guess, more of a thing about starting last year. So they tinkered with lineups to start him. And that meant Loon was the odd person out. But I feel like they can't even tinker and try certain looks or do certain things because of of Clay's attitude. And that's not just like rumor. Like he, yeah, like it's behind the scenes too. Like he expressly is just like, you know, he just has this negative attitude about coming off the bench and it's not like, you know, like even to bring him back from injury, it wasn't like something being proposed for him to be like a permanent, you know, but it's like to bring you back, work you back in. And it was like, no. And it's like, look, we tolerated and dealt with the the chucking and the him wanting to get back. But I, it's, it's, it's less about me thinking he needs to come off the bench and just more about his inflexibility and his attitude. I think ultimately that's a problem. We'll see, but I I think it is. And so that was the point I was trying to make to people. And I get like, you know, the exchange he had with Tim Kawakami just to like bring this full circle for people made like a lot of news, not just like on Twitter, but like, you know, a lot of people were talking about it. A lot of the big outlets picked it up. And like, I'm not, I don't know Tim Kawakami personally. Like I've met him, but I don't like, I'm not close to him. I don't have a relationship with him, but I I can say for myself, part of the reason I was defending him is because I have literally like either tweeted something or said something and people try to tell me, I know what you were doing. You meant this when I literally did not mean something, you know? So it's really important that like, you don't make exceptions about what some somebody means, but Tim K has like argued with owners before, and lots of people. I don't think he fears Clay Thompson. So, like, if he had something to say and ask, I believe that he would. Kerr talked about the fact that he um, is is exhibiting patience with wigs and Clay. I think it's a totally normal thing to ask a player their thoughts on that. When a coach says something about their player, a lot of times the media later says, hey, your coach said this, your coach said that. What do you think about it, right? And so that is a totally normal question. And to me, Clay's reaction, he was triggered. He was in his feelings. And I feel like he's probably sensitive because that conversation has been happening, right? But because it's Tim Kawakami and people are like, oh, Tim is like this and he does these things and lots of players don't like him. Sure, lots of players may not like him, but that's irrelevant to like in this moment. Like Tim Kawakami is a regular Bay Area reporter. He always asks Clay's questions. He's always around. He's been covering this team for years. Like Clay doesn't blow up. Like if Clay had such a dislike for him, you would have seen it before. It would have come out before, but we didn't see it before, you know? So it again, I'm not saying that I'm not trying to invalidate Clay's feelings. His feelings are what they are, but he was clearly triggered. And to me, he was triggered because he's probably in his head about people talking about him being benched and, you know, not playing well. And maybe it's his contract situation. I don't know. So I don't want to speculate on it, but he was definitely triggered by that question, which is why he got the answer that he got. And so, you know, again, I understand it. Some of it's justified, but I still, I just have my eye on it. I have, it's on my radar because I think his inflexibility is something to be concerned about. But I just got to say, like, I think people need to stop making assumptions about what Tim K meant and be like, Clay, you know, knew what he was trying to do. Like he literally put out a piece saying that Clay Thompson should start. And that's why he asked the question. Like he wrote a piece, later saying that it needs to be those starters and he wanted to get something from clay to include in that piece in that piece so people like well early in the season he was saying clay shouldn't start okay but maybe his mind changed like people's opinions change you know but the the piece that he published that day was about clay still being a starter so that's me sort of telling people stop making assumptions because y'all don't know but also like i do find clay's attitude a little um concerning i know others don't i know a lot of people are like well of course he is and da, 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 but I, I think it's i think it's something to to, to watch out for
0: hmm. um yeah i can see that i mean i think ultimately i would put myself in the box of people that isn't as concerned only because i think there's no I mean, I personally think there's no one in the roster that can replace what he does. So in an instance in which you're faced with the question of should Clay be playing right now, I think 99% of the time it's a yes. So I don't think him taking offense to not playing is going to be an issue because more times than not, he's going to play. But in an instance where there's a situation where he, where there's a guy who is challenging him for that Um, and he's still like, nah, then I would say, okay, that's problematic. But I just don't think that, I don't believe that to be the case.
1: Yes. But he was avert. Like it's very normal when people come back from injury to come off the bench. He didn't want to do that. I don't think that that's rational, but they accommodated it because it's him. Drake came back from injury, came off the bench. Steph has done it. What the fuck? Why is Clay Thompson too good for that? Why can't he come off the bench? I think that's problematic.
0: I mean, they won a championship that season, so I'm not really tripping off of it.
1: Yes, but they won a championship in large part because of what Jordan Poole helped them do during that season while Clay was chucking and doing a lot of bullshit, you know, which was part of the reason why it was like, come off the bench, ease back in sort of a thing. Um, It doesn't matter to me. I'm not someone who looks at the result and then says the process doesn't matter because he's displaying the signs you know, and when someone displays the signs, it's gonna come back and bite you later. And that's how I feel about Draymond. That's how I feel about Kerr. Like everyone keeps saying things didn't matter because they were winning. But now as their margin forever decreases, now as things are different, if if, mm. if if they just keep up with the same behavior, because their process is always flawed. The thinking was always flawed. That's what I'm saying. So like, to me, it's not about whether there's someone to replace him. It's about his unwillingness to be flexible. Like Andre Iguodala was not the sixth best player on the team, but it was more beneficial for him to come off the bench. And whether Clay Thompson is a better player in his life than Andre Iguodala, at that time, at that stage of his career, when he came to the team, I don't know that you could have argued that, but regardless, he was never the sixth best player on the team, but he was willing to come off the bench. And that's what I'm saying. To me, it's about a mindset. It's not even Chris Paul, even all that shit that he did. And then he ultimately acquiesced to coming off the bench and he's a hall of fame. You know, so that's what I'm talking about. It's not about whether there's someone better than him. It's about the mentality And I think Clay is selfish and I think he's shown us repeatedly that he's selfish. And when people say to me, he's always been like that. Look at what he said when Katie was there. Yeah. But he was a much better player then he was a different player at that time. You know, when he's like, I'm not sacrificing shit. Okay. Well, you were also in your prime and also a much better player on both ends of the ball. So, you know, and I disagree with the notion that like, there are times when Clay is stinking it up and not great. I get that the threat of him being on the court and that people will defend him can always be helpful. But like, there's times when he's just been bad throughout the game. And I, to me, I think there's probably times they can like not go with Clay and close. And let's say you have Moody in. I'm not saying tonight was one of those nights, but he's had some really stinkers. Not many, not like consistently, but he's had some. And I think if another player is hot, And there's other, you know, just like the other night when all the the starters were stinking it up and every time Kerr put them back in, they were not doing anything good. So he eventually went and closed with that group. Now they didn't ultimately win the game, but part of the reason they were in that deficit was because of the starters, because they, (laughs) they built a lead and then the starters came back in and blew it. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, It's not that I'm not saying don't trust your Hall of Fame players. That's not what I'm saying. But there are nights sometimes people just don't have it going. They just don't have it. And to me, it shouldn't be a big thing. Like Steph wasn't over there on the bench with his arms folded angry because Kerr opted to still close with those guys is what I'm saying. And to me, it should be okay to say one night, Clay, you just don't have it and we're gonna close with this person. And it's not okay for them to do that. And it's largely because of his ego. It's not because anyone else is incapable of closing. It's because of his ego. They won't do it because of the temp, like of the way he will react to it. And I think that's a problem, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, I think we'll see. I think ultimately um, it definitely has a potential to be something that's super problematic in the future. Um, I just don't think they're in the position right now for it to be very problematic, but like you
1: said, we'll see. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know how much future there's going to be. Like, like he wants to get this like certain kind of contract right now. His play has not earned him like the contract that he's looking for. What does he want? Four years?
0: Probably. Yeah. That's, that's.
1: I mean, that was never happening anyway. Like Dre only got three, so you're not getting four years. But your contract hasn't earned you that with the Warriors or anyone else. So it's like you're supposed to be great in a contract year because you're trying to, like, get the contract. And he's been up and down, you know. Um, Again, I'm not someone who's, like, been bashing Clay, but he's been up and down. And so... I don't know how much longer that's going to be. I I can tell you that Mike Dunleavy is not someone who feels any kind of attachment to these guys, any of them. So, and if they don't win and this experiment fails, I think people should expect a lot to change.
0: And they should change.
1: But that means like key guys, the only person who is safe is Steph. And that's it. I agree. (laughs) So, like, this nostalgia and this attachment and this, like, acting like they're perfect and can do no wrong. It's like, I just, I don't know. I'm just not there with people.
0: Yeah, I feel you on that.
1: I remember Kevin Garnett and them leaving. And granted, he was going to another organization. But I remember when they left the Celtics in that big blockbuster trade and they went to the Nets. And this is Kevin Garnett. He's, what well, arguably one of the top 20 greatest players of all time. Mm -hmm. I'd probably have him higher, but I'm just saying, but like top 20. Right. And they were like saying like, oh, the blockbuster. And he's like, um, he's like, we're just glorified role players at this point. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I guess my point is like, some players gracefully accept that they're aging and they're at different points in their career and that they can do different things, you know? And I just don't feel like clay to me is showing the signs of someone it's not going to age gracefully because of his mindset it's not because I don't think he has skill to still do things on the court but he still thinks he can do what he did as prime clay and and I don't
0: know know if that's the case
1: of course it's the case you'll get here eventually it's like it It is (laughs) it is the case it's definitely the case he thinks and he wants to prove it you know and it's like
0: I mean the numbers don't support that, but
1: the numbers don't support what?
0: That he still thinks he can do the things that he did in his prime. He's shooting less shots than he's ever shot in his career. Per possession, he's passing the ball a lot more even though people you know, he'll have a he'll have a play here and there where he takes a shot that's a little risky, but for the most part, he moves the ball. I don't think he's out there asking for the toughest uh, toughest assignments on defense anymore. I think he's just playing. He's a very prideful guy. He's just playing the only way he knows how to play. There's other things that he can add to his game at this point. But I think ultimately.
1: I just... think most of that is about him not trying to OD too much because of his contract. But even if that's true, it's it it shows itself. It rears its head at, at ugly times. So it's like, yes, when you look at it as a whole, it's not. But what was the game the other day when he did, like, two or three ridiculous plays in a row and it really hurt? It's okay, see. Right. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, like, overall, if you just look at the numbers, that's not what it is. But there's moments in the game, key moments, things, and it rears its ugly head. And it's just like, Clay, why? You know? And to me, that's when it shows up. It's like, it's it's not an overall thing. It's like at key moments, it's that critical moments. the same thing with Dre. It's like, you could be doing things good, but then you had just this brief moment in the game that Thank severely you. impacts it, right? Like I could take it away from basketball and talk about like football, right? Cause like, I'm always defending Jalen Hurts. So people are like, oh, he has all these turnovers, but you know what? He makes the big plays in the most impactful moments when it matters, right? And like the mistakes don't happen at a point usually where it's costing his team, right? So Clay could play perfect all game, but then in this key moment when like they're down or it's tight or like something happens, he wants to be the hero. And 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 that's the stuff I'm talking about. It's not that I think he's been chucking all the time or doing anything and I've defended him. You know, I've talked about how intentional he's been about his shots. But that selfishness that exists within him It's there and it rears its head at bad times, that's all.
0: Tell you.
1: Anyway, this has been a long recording, largely because I haven't been here for a long time. But it is late and I've kept Justin up late. So um mm-hmm. and we know Clay's his guy, so he's never gonna say anything bad about him. I wasn't trying to change his mind either. But it is a little trick.
0: <laughs> I got him play right. the, the other night with Karima here.
1: I have my people like with, with wigs, you know, I will like you were going a little hard on my guy. I haven't been here on those episodes, but, yeah. you know, I, I will defend wigs, so I get it. But um, ultimately, I still believe in this team's ability, but <laughs> right now I put out my NBA top 10 earlier today. The Warriors are not in it. They haven't been on the last two weeks, and they won't be on it anytime soon until they really, you know, the, the, the Suns had a rough start. Oh, they were missing some of their guys, yes, but like Devin Booker's been on a heater and they've seemed to turn things around and they're winning, even though they don't have Bradley Beale back on the court. They're, they're playing better basketball. You know, even the Lakers, I mean, yes, they just had a 44 point loss, but they seem to be like playing better. Um, the, the Warriors right now, thankfully they had those early wins, but it's like, They got to get it together and they haven't shown the signs like, okay, let's string together a few wins in a row. Let's kind of get back on the winning track. You know, it's like so right now I'm just I, I believe that they can win a championship. I'm not like the people who keep saying, oh, they can't contend. This is not a contender. I don't believe that. But I think they're not playing contending basketball right now. I think that they are not playing the right way and
0: at least not for 48 minutes they'll do it for like 24 minutes right and just be a play in level team for the other 24 minutes
1: <laughs> and there is a lot of there's still a lot of season left but what is the point that we we worry is it if they what they have to get to what 20 wins before they get to is it 20 wins
0: <laughs> was it 20 20 wins before 10 losses well they already had 10 losses
1: is it 20 wins before 10 losses Pretty is sure. that the rule?
0: I'm pretty sure that's what it is.
1: Mm. Well then, Justin, we may have a problem. Well
0: game winning streak coming up.
1: You still think that big win streak is coming?
0: Yeah, I think they'll have one. As long as Draymond doesn't get himself suspended for another few games in a row. And
1: um, then there's not just the suspension, you don't want anyone to get injured, please, because you just had CP three, you expect, and yes, GP2s. Unfortunately, you probably expect, but, you know, it's the reason why you can't just throw away games because injuries is something you can't protect.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think, I mean, if it's not a streak, I'm sure it'll be like a win six out of seven or something like that coming at some point. Like I, Like we said, there's this team, the ceiling of this team is a contending team. That's for sure. Like I said, they'll show it for a large portion of a game, and then they'll just kind of let go of the rope and just kind of melt down. Who knows how much they can actually limit that portion, that part of their team going forward. But if they do, they should be able to win a lot of games. Like even they've lost eight out of their last 11 games. They lost to Denver by three. They just lost this game by one. They lost. This
1: was a meltdown. That doesn't even tell the story of this game.
0: Yeah, they lost to OKC and OT when they were – they should have won that game. They lost to Minnesota by three. Like, so a lot of these games are just super close, and if they can put together more – a bigger portion of the game where they're playing, you know, focused basketball near their best, they should win a lot more of these games. And then the schedule is lightening up. Like, they get the Clippers three times over the next six games. Clippers – who knows which Clippers they're going to see.
1: Clippers are gonna. I bet you they're gonna play well. I bet yeah, you. For it's, sure. Our, it's yeah. just what's gonna happen.
0: Yeah. They track, it
1: for it's forty wins before twenty losses.
0: Forty wins before twenty losses. Okay, so they got to go thirty-two and ten.
1: <laughs> Tonight was the temple. Thirty-two
0: and nine. I mean, uh, that'll be a hell of a run right there. If they do that, then. <laughs>
1: So they have 11 losses right now.
0: No, they got 10. I'm just saying 32 and nine would be like 40 wins before the 10th, before the 20th loss.
1: Oh, okay. I got you. You're so smart. Look at that. Just doing the math right there on the spot. So I keep you around, Justin. All right. Okay. Well, okay. Anyway, Uh, guys, that's it. I think. I appreciate you, Justin and everybody. Y'all have had some fun episodes since I've been out. I appreciate <laughs> you covering for me and everyone who stepped in. I missed y'all.
0: Well, we missed you here, obviously.
1: I didn't miss the Warriors and their nonsense, though. You know, like I didn't, I didn't miss not having to talk about them recently, but I missed y'all.
0: What did, that's what we did the other day, like a three. We needed a three day reset. The Warriors like mental health reset. <laughs> <laughs> look what the fuck they did. I'm sorry, not that word. But look what they did. Right this back. The dumps. Supposed
1: to be better than last year. Justin and right now it's not better than last year. It was. For-
0: yeah, it was for a quick second. I'm pretty sure they were eight and ten last year. Were they? I'm pretty sure they were eight and 10 last year. Then they probably, then I think they got to like 10 and 10, and then it was like 10 and 11. Then it was just back and forth all the way to the end. Hopefully they turn that leaf. Cause I mean, like they really did look like a dominant team early in this game, and they just completely let it go,
1: which is similar to 2022, except that it just went on for a longer period of time. Mm. Um,
0: yeah, I mean specifically in this game, but yes, like yeah. early in the season, yeah, for sure. And it was similar, like you said, twenty twenty two, Draymond goes down, and then they just start playing like five hundred level basketball from that point on. Um, so you got your guys. I mean, CB three and GB two going to be out for a little bit, but those are those aren't those aren't starters. Like they're good players, and you need them. But they aren't absolutely necessary for you to win or lose a game, so they need to start winning some effing games.
1: Well, maybe eight and ten, and then ten and ten. Well, look, um, our that was our producer, the great Greg, yeah. checking things for us. Um, I maybe this will give Moses Moody some more burn, and for because Kerr was so quick to say, "Don't I can't pause is basically made the rotation." But yet he won't give that kind of full throated endorsement to Moody, which anyway Pods is already out the rotation, or at least he was tonight, and which is fine because it's like he hasn't really he still had some games or moments where he impacted it, but to me he hasn't been as consistently good as like a Moody, you know, because he's come in and had like some, eh, you know, whatever. He has a couple of shots too that he keeps taking where for some reason he thinks like those are shots he should take and he should not take them, but that's a conversation for another day. But, um, you know, but he's had some moments. He's still hit some big shots. He's had like some impact moments. He's a really good rebounder, but I still think, and I get it. He's another ball handler, but I, I still think like Moses should be in the rotation before. him. But, yeah. uh, Definitely. So maybe with GP2 out, that will give I don't like that because I want GP2 there, of course, but maybe this will force Kerr's hands a little bit.
0: Yeah, it has to. CP3 is gonna be out too. Um, I mean, Gary played 17, Moody played 13. Moody should probably be playing 25. Until it until it until it looks like he shouldn't be playing 25 minutes, he should be playing 25. Because when he's out there, he makes things happen, he, whether it's making shots.
1: Defensively, too.
0: Defensively, getting rebounds, creating extra possessions. He should just be playing 25 minutes a game. I mean, like, he's probably in their top eight best players.
1: I don't get the aversion.
0: I don't either. I mean, like, Dario has been pretty solid for most of the season. But you also have to understand that there are certain matchups don't that are for him. That aren't Dario matchups. No, Dario's
1: a vet, don't you understand? So that automatically means he should play. Like, this is how the man thinks. He doesn't think about it positionally or matchup-wise. He's a vet. I trust him, and he's been good. Do you notice the matchups he's good in versus the other ones he struggles a little bit more in? Do you notice that? Right. Right.
0: And then, I mean, the combinations. Like, Dario, I think, could be – I mean, he had 10 points, pretty efficient tonight, three assists, two rebounds. But when you put him in position where he has to be the rim protector against a team like this, it's just a constant offensive pressure on you always, always, always. They just put him in a pick and roll, like, every time he was on the court. And he just gave up every point that he scored, if not more. So,
1: yeah. I'm, I'm done talking Steve about her, the coach you told me was good alright <laughs> actually you, you've said better than good I'm the one who said he's just good but anyway <laughs> guys thank you for tuning in with us we appreciate you more than you know I have to get on a flight soon to head back home so I think I'm probably not going to sleep tonight because I think if I go to sleep now I'm going to just sleep and miss my flight so I'll go find some things to do and sleep on the plane. But when do the Warriors play again?
0: Gotta be in two days, right?
1: They have two days off?
0: No, it gotta be like
1: Thursday. Three. Oh. Yeah. Is today Tuesday? I don't even know what day of the week it is. Okay.
0: Today is Tuesday.
1: Are they back home?
0: They are back home versus the Clippers. The Clippers, I mean, who knows? They were losing a bunch in a row. Then they started winning a few. Then they started losing, win, losing, win. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Clippers play tomorrow against the Kings.
1: So they're going to be on a back-to-back?
0: The Clippers are going to be on a back-to-back, and the Kings obviously will be playing a back-to-back tomorrow. So hopefully nice
1: – to- Watch the Kings lose tomorrow, which is good. We need every team ahead of us to lose, but it's just gonna be right. annoying.
0: I mean, I think the Kings losing, I think the Clip is losing. Winning that game would be better. For be better team. for us,
1: yes, for yeah. sure. Yeah, we don't want them being even more hungry.
0: Right. <laughs> I mean, the pressure for them to try to win the second game would be less, and then the Kings would get another loss, right? Down closer to our level,
1: right. Well, we will see. We will see. Oh, Clippers. Okay, it's home game. Oh, and then they have some away games.
0: Yeah, they play the Clippers back-to-back. One in Chase and the other one in... I don't even know what the name is. So
1: during it. the week of the tourney that they did not make, they will just have no games that week? Or will they? Or will there be games for them scheduled I think. That, that, that just don't apply to the tourney?
0: I think they just make up the games, yeah, with the teams who didn't make make it. So, which means
1: make them up where though? What
0: do you mean? Like where in the schedule do they make them up?
1: Yeah, like they don't put them. They don't put some of those teams to just have like non-Torny games during that week. It's only twenty games that are played during that week in December.
0: It's a good question. It's a good question. I'm not sure where they put the the makeup games at in, in on the schedule.
1: But Greg, okay, Greg is tying regular games Wednesday. The schedule is out. So do the Warriors have a game the week of the 4th through the 8th, Greg? They
0: play Denver in Utah.
1: Oh, okay. So they play Wednesday. Yeah. So that's one game added back to their schedule. Oh, they play Wednesday against Portland. And that'll just be a regular season game. And when's the other oh. game? Play Denver. Oh, Friday, December 8th. Against OKC. OK, so they play the 6th and the 8th. OK, so it's not bad. You watch it right
0: now. OK.
1: Is it against... Where are they in... in Schedule. Are they away games or home games? Okay, so they just they just play those games during the week, so it's not bad, home. Okay, home games, so they're gonna have two home games next week. Oh, yeah. well, one home, one away.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, that's not so bad. So they have a few nights off. They'll play the Clippers on the thirtieth and the second, and then they're gonna have. One, two, three nights off again before playing on the Wednesday.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. So that works out. That's what I was figuring out. I was like, they're probably just going to give people games during that week. You look... Like you're thinking or pondering or looking at something, Justin?
0: Hey, I'm looking at their schedule. Okay. I'm just trying to see how many wins they should look to get before Christmas.
1: Do you want to give that suggestion prediction? or yeah.
0: So they play one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I think they play like 10 games, 11 games before Christmas. Play the Clippers three times, try to go two and one. They play Portland. T- three times, beat them all three times. So that's six and one. They play OKC and Phoenix in OKC and Phoenix, try to split that. So that's seven and two. Beat Brooklyn, eight and two. Boston and Washington. I mean.
1: Boston comes to them though, right?
0: Boston comes to them and Washington comes to them. They should beat
1: Washington regardless. And they they need to beat Boston at home to show that they can stick with a team. They got to be one of these teams. We know that they can be OKC. I'm not saying that OKC is easy, but we know they can be OKC. Yeah. So to me, the wins against like you said, Phoenix is one of them, right?
0: I said split either Phoenix and OKC. Like,
1: right. But Phoenix is one of those teams. They need to make up for the loss against Phoenix that they had already.
0: Yeah. So. So, yeah, over those 12 games before Christmas, they played Denver. I think 8 and 4 should be absolute worst case scenario but 10 and 2 is doable if they really turn it up and like start playing the basketball that we think they're capable of playing which would then put them at 18 and 12 which is pretty good. Um, but they should come out of that stretch. They should go into that Christmas game well above 500. Like if they if they aren't give Mike give Mike one the phone.
1: Then it's time to have a conversation. <laughs> it's
0: time to have a conversation.
1: Okay. Well, there you have it. There you have it, guys. Extended analysis. All right. hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Um, appreciate y'all. Uh, until next time, which is what, Thursday? Uh, just make sure you're following us on Instagram and Twitter at Golden Spaces Pod. Leave us a review, a five star rating, share with a friend. Also, subscribe to 95.7 The Games YouTube channel. And you can get up to the minute when our episodes drop. You'll be updated and informed that something new dropped on the channel. So, until next time, guys, take care.